0: Garage Guys NASCAR podcast is brought to you by Hooters. That's right. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for Garage Guys. We all know this. And right now, if you download the Hooters app or go to order.hooters.com and use promo code garageguys, you're going to save $10 on any $30 or more to-go order. That offer is valid at participating locations for delivery and carry out orders, $30 or more. And use
1: promo code garageguys while dining in just by telling your Hooters waitress about Promo code Garage Guys to save you $10 on any $40-plus dine-in order valid at HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages, and merchandise. Enjoy your Hooters and enjoy the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. It's the Garage Guys NASCAR
0: podcast. The Bass Pro Shops Night Race is in the books. Denny Hamlin got the sword. He took it down. New villain, Bad Boys for Life. Lots to discuss uh, now as we enter the round of 12. Also, the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix 2 at Texas. We're, we're returning back to Texas this weekend, and the odds have dropped on a few sports books. We're going to talk about some of the odds on that, uh, some of the concerns, some of the possible excitements, if any. Uh, and we're going to cover it all on this episode of the pod i'm chase holden and i'm joined as always with uh with dale tanhart we're ready to talk a little bit i know we're coming off of a uh of a, of a double header monday night nfl game I'm sure you watched some of those games dale and uh i hope you enjoyed your weekend there but uh let's let's try to push back to saturday uh did you see this one playing out this way at Bristol?
1: Yeah, I'm honestly pleasantly surprised that we didn't have the tire problems that we had last year. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that were complaining. I think the race was pretty good considering both grooves were working. Um and I guess I was also surprised. I'm a big like PJ1 you know, you put down the sticky stuff. I hate, I hate that shit. I'm a PJ one hater, but I do think it actually may have helped the bottom be able to compete with the top lane. Like Denny Hamlin perfected it towards the end of that race, where you know the top lane was the the optimal lane, but Denny Hamlin was kind of working that sticky stuff and and making some speed there in a in a long run. And Christopher Bell was good at running it as well. So I think the track was pretty solid it was a not a classic bristol race but like it reminded me of like a 2014 2015 bristol race a lot of people hate it though a lot of people hate that a lot of people want to see the bristol on the bottom which is classic bristol i'm kind of cool with whatever i thought it was a good race denny hamlin honestly I didn't want to pay the price on Denny. I think a lot of people were there too. I mean, sitting at four to one, four and a half to one. I just thought it was too expensive for a guy and a team that has had speed, but they make mistakes. Um, but if you look at what they have done in the in the first round of the playoffs, they had, had winning speed first two races, and we're knocking on the door of that win. So kudos to Dean Hamlin. I love the shit he was talking. I love the energy he had post race. And uh yeah, he got it done. He outside of Christopher Bell, I mean Denny Denny waxed him. So uh GG's.
0: Yeah, did you uh so I know that, that Denny was uh he had a there was a video that they made. So him getting out of the car, uh letting, you know, just making all the fans pissed off, telling them that he beat their favorite driver, and they ask, Oh, who is that? And it's just like he he he's all of them. All of them. He's so nonchalant. And he was that way from the start, like he's in, he's in that, that zone, right? Like there's this zone you get into when you're just doing your thing. And he does, you don't care about what other people are thinking. You don't care about how everything's going. You're just, you're just in your lane and you're just cruising. And that's exactly what I see out of him. And I could have, uh, you know, I wanted to kick myself in the ass. I put a video out, um, Earlier in the uh, well, not earlier in the week, but after the race, um, you know, where we were talking on last week's podcast when the odds dropped, and and to go back to your point about you didn't want to pay the price on Denny, I mean, even when it came out in the beginning of the week, it's it, I think it was at seven to one is where we originally saw him. I wasn't wanting to pay that, you know. And sometimes, I and what I've learned this past weekend, learned a couple things, but what I have learned mainly is that just gotta, I, I gotta check the tape. Sometimes I gotta go back and listen to what I say and what I talk about. Cause sometimes you're just in the moment, the week goes through, you get buried under other things and you'll forget where your original instincts were. And I, I didn't pull the trigger on Denny at seven to one because I was like, well, maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll get a little bit longer. Maybe you have a bad qualifying run, you know? And then we see Kyle Larson kind of have the bad qualifying run and, uh, and his eyes don't go anywhere. And he was challenging the whole time up until the finish. But, yeah, it's just seems like it's Denny's time. And, and I love the fact that uh, Jared cut up the, uh, the Bad Boys for Life video. I literally tagged him under the NBC video on Instagram and was like, this just really screams Brady Gronk Bad Boys for Life style edit right now. And the man made it. And I, I was very happy about that. He's biting the sword it's playing p diddy in the background just that that's the vibe nascar needs man and and denny supports that vibe so big shout out to him uh kicked myself in the ass got over it and now i'm ready uh you know to go forward but the racing was good too man i, I the only thing is is like you know me and i know that uh maybe there's there's plenty of times you've had this too where you know we we have what we call uh betters we want the betters cautions you know like like sometimes like we know the, the race is great it's a good race the product's fine it's just our bets aren't quite there and we we screaming for that caution but we don't always get it you know because things are going the way they're supposed to but i, I enjoyed it and, and yeah I, I i don't think there's going to be a lot of issues with tires moving forward now so i think we're well good.
1: texas it's a good center point in texas because Bristol was bad last year and texas was worse i mean texas was uh, I mean, it was it wasn't as bad as Indianapolis two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I can't remember what year it was, but it was close. I mean, it was it was beyond disgraceful last year. So, yeah, hopefully that's all cleared up. But um, I, I will I will go ahead and and bring up this p- point that's become a weekly point: the Xfinity Series once again continues to show the best natural stock car racing on planet Earth. And uh, shout out to Dale Jr. Man, magical watching him race. I know a lot of people wanted to hear something about that. It was just, I, I, I didn't expect Dale Jr. to be so competitive on Friday night based on his last few Xfinity Series starts. So when out of the gate, he's just moving through the field. He took the lead, led laps. I just had this awful nervousness. I mean the entire race, man. I mean, my heart was just jumping the whole time because I was like I had the realization that holy shit, he can he can win this race. Hmm. And that would have just been insane. And honestly, you know, he had the fire issue when he was running like fourth or fifth. I think his chances of winning were kind of fading because all guy are taking the tires and was passing everybody. check had passed him. Um So it would have been way fucking worse if Dale Jr. had run away with that race with like 20 to go and then the fire happened. So, I mean, let's just, I'm not as disappointed as it could have. It could have been way more disappointing and heartbreaking. Like if he was in the lead, had the race won, and then the fire happens, I mean, you're just in shambles. So regardless, loved that. That was a really good race. Jr.'s guy won. Justin Allgaier has been knocking on the door. Of the xfinity series at bristol for since he won the first time or the only time up until this time back in like 2010 been so close been so close and he got it done and um that was cool and it was just magical to see dale jr race so i wanted to bring up something about that i want to get that shirt i want to get the yes. flying spaceship helman's shirt everybody's been getting them and they look awesome
0: no, they are. They're great. That's what I was going to bring up about all that. Um, you know, I, I, I think that the thing that I love most about Dale is that he's able to uh, recreate some of that, that vibe. Like he's got the same vibe as all of us, you know, he's old school NASCAR. So it's like when you have that mentality, you know, you, you like to see that vintage stuff. And like, he actually went out of his way to make an all over print shirt. And that was huge for me because I'm like, okay, well, it can be done. It's just a matter of do we want to do it. He's proving that it can be done, and I think the shirt was like forty dollars. One of the uh, one of those NASCAR media guys, uh, not that doesn't work for NASCAR. Dude works for like a paper or something. But he had tweeted out uh, about how like uh, I won't be paying forty dollars for a shirt or something like that, and I'm like, what? like dog like we pay like over a hundred dollars for these shirts from the 90s and you're not like like this is what supports the vision of like how a lot of the drivers that we have both spoke to and you you know you and i have had these conversations with drivers with people that work inside nascar they they love that that whole vibe because that arrow of NASCAR, all of that, those kind of shirts represent kind of that era where everything was just on the top in the world, not just in NASCAR, but in sports in general. And if you can't come out of pocket 40 bucks for something like that, in comparison to something that was like threw on an ironing board and, you know, like like the family reunion shirts, you'll see sometimes people wearing the little ironing board iron ons. You know, like like this isn't an iron on shirt. Like this is a very quality product. And and if you can't pay forty bucks for that, then I, I don't know what to tell you. But don't don't shit on that because like there's a lot of people that got that shirt. I I've I talked to at least seven or eight people that bought that shirt. I'd buy that shirt.
1: I don't understand why people are shitting on that guy. He didn't shit on the shirt. He just literally said he didn't want to pay forty dollars for it. Who the fuck cares? Yeah. I mean, respectfully, I don't understand. Like I saw the Twitter thing. Mm -hmm. I I don't I don't care. So why are people up in arms about a guy just saying he doesn't want to pay $40 for a shirt, I'd pay a hundred for it. I don't care what other people would pay or not pay for it at all.
0: Uh, It just sets a tone. Weird. Sets a tone. It sets a tone. And if enough people see that, then they're questioning. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why are we doing that? Why are we doing that? It's just as business it's how it goes and the people that know know the people that don't they don't but yeah wasn't really shitting it's just basically saying like that's a very good price for a shirt like that
1: yeah i totally agree i just don't care what someone else thinks about price at all yeah, but well, it's a, a beautiful,
0: a lot of people do. So you got to kind of help out to to support that whole industry and that side of it. Because, I mean, that's just more money that goes into uh, keeping, you know, Dale Jr. And, and keeping that entire organization going. And that's what I mean, people got to make money. People got to make that money. And if we keep feeding it in that direction, it's 40 bucks ain't that much at all for some of those kind of shirts. If it was a normal shirt, I'd get it. But it's definitely not a normal shirt. I think you can speak to that, too.
1: Yeah, no, like I said, I'd pay 100 for it. I just don't, it's just a weird, really bizarre thing to argue with people about a price on that, I guess. I mean, and I've been buying these shirts for fucking 10, 11 years. So I mean, like, I, I trust me, me and you know better than anybody, I'm paying 100 a $100 plus dollars for these kind of items. And that shirt is sick. And I was scrolling through Twitter because I wanted to give a shout out the guy that designed it and I can't find it um anybody who can who wants to tweet at me later I thought it was, I was after you was thought it was uh, was it Harris no I don't think, think it was Harris
0: that it looks like Harris's type of work
1: it was somebody else I think any if it was Harris um I'm sorry Harris but because Harris designed the he designed the one for Brad Perez. That was like a that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like a like the Mac tonight kind of vibe. Yeah. Um I can't someone else designed this for Junior Motorsports. I think. So um I, I don't know. I don't know. If anybody knows or remembers, just tag me on Twitter, send it to me, and I'll I just wanted to give a shout out to that guy. Because it's a beautiful shirt. But yeah, Dale Jr. will be racing at Homestead. No more helmets. I think it's gonna be He's in a Bass Pro orange-ish car at Homestead. It also looks good, but um, yeah, no, that's going to be... I think Dale Jr.'s got a good shot to win Homestead simply because these tracks where he can rip the top, he's better. And I want to rewind back to I think it was Homestead 2020. He was really good. And I know this is three years ago now, but he was really, really good in a return to Homestead in one of his one, two off races. And I think he would have had the race won if a late race caution didn't come out. His car was so good on the on the long run, ripping the top. So good. I think Harrison Burton won that race on a late race restart. But it would have been, probably would have been Junior. Or he would have, it may have been him or Gregson. But he was, I remember that day, he was really, really good. So, Get to look forward to Homestead, count down the days, and apparently I saw a tweet that Kelly Earnhardt said it would be his next year could be his last race as an Xfinity Series driver for his own team. So that makes me sad. Hopefully he wins. That's all I want.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So it's going to be great to get to see him do that in Homestead. We'll be out there uh so if you are a listener and you are in the Miami Homestead area, you're going to be going to that race. Holla at your boys because we will be out there for that. one I'm excited, I've never been to Miami in my life. So this will be Miami sick, man. I love Miami. Yeah, I I will get to experience it for the first time. I'm excited. Uh and uh, and get to just have a have a ball because that is one hell of a racetrack i love intermediate tracks especially with this new car in the cup series so i can't wait to uh to watch it go down one one here last season i think you did too i think we both bet on uh kyle larson he was in the valvoline car and uh he got it done so we'll we'll see if that uh continues and carries but uh chase elliott will be in the hooters car we'll have one more shot In the Hooters car for the dub, I I still believe that Chase Elliott will get a win uh, before the end of this season. I'm feeling good about it. We'll see what transpires, but but I'm excited either way. So, there'll be a lot to do out at Hooters, and y'all know how much we love Hooters, and I know how much y'all love Hooters. So, good stuff there. But, kind of dipping back in. So, yeah, we, we had a good bit of fun this weekend, though. Like, always great to see Dale Jr. run. Uh the truck series race was meh it was all right. Parker Kleggerman though, we did we did try to put some energy out there for Parker. Parker called his shot earlier in the season, just had a rough night with the 75 truck, then came out in 48. He tried to rebound. He got caught up in some in some bull. And uh and you know he 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 still all smiles. He's like, you know what? I, I still believe, and I was like, I, I still believe in you too, man. I was like one day, but he's in the playoffs. So shout out to Parker. He's still there. He's he's got to make it through this next
1: round. Um, so we'll see how it shakes out for him. But just want to give that a, out to him. That seventy-five truck, man. They did everything right last year. Mm-hmm. This year, it's just just has go. They've just fallen off a cliff on not just performance. Like I think their trucks are still okay, but luck has been really bad for them. Luck has been dreadful for those guys, but uh, Parker was moving through the field in the Xfinity Series race, and then had he basically lost his brakes. So, uh, yeah, bad luck. It is what it is. But I, I, I bet on him too, just because. Well, he and he was good at Bristol last year too. I mean, in that seventy-five truck, he had finished third. I don't think he had a start in the Xfinity Series, but um, he may have. He may have. But he was still good. In that forty-eight car this time around, and just didn't have the luck, and in the truck series didn't have the speed. I also like the truck race. The truck race was very reminiscent of classic Bristol, like that is what classic Bristol was. And it's so weird. It's such a weird topic because, like, why people don't? It's like we're so lost. We're so like desensitized to something with bristol becoming a two-lane track and then when nascar works hard to try to make it a one-lane track which it was that way just for the truck race people hate it and then it's a two-lane track for xfinity and cup and people hate it <laughs> now cup has its issues with the arrow the arrow is just so pathetic i mean the dirty air is just beyond disappointing we know that race is still okay but the truck race was classic bristol and you get a classic battle for the win with Corey Heim and Christian Enkis with like six to go. Thought it was a good race. Very reminiscent of classic Bristol. You Everybody's on the bottom. You got to move people. Got to have lap traffic help you out. The best finishes of all time at Bristol that everybody replays over and over again with Earnhardt and Labonte. Uh, the first Earnhardt and Labonte in, in particular, Rusty and Jeff Gordon. And both of them um and then one more bristol race i'm trying to think of what it is uh du-du-du-du-du. even uh oh Kenseth and kurt bush in 2006 these races were all amazing had amazing finishes because of lap traffic and that is what dictated Corey heim being able to catch christian eckes and pass it up. lap traffic being a problem why do we hate it now why is it a problem it's just weird how our how fans have changed over the years and how picky they are in NASCAR and that could be a weekly topic but regarding Bristol you know i just want people to realize and and for the future now we have Bristol coming back at, to the spring race concrete hallelujah very happy about that please please show up to the spring race so we don't have bad attendance numbers for people to fall back on who are dirt you know pro dirt or pro Or anti-Bristol Concrete twice a year. The racing is good at the racetrack. Don't blame the racetrack if there's any problem. You blame the cup car because of the aero flaws. Don't blame the racetrack. It is a phenomenal track. I don't know about the future of adding PJ1 and all that shit. Whatever they're calling it. Resin. I think resin is the proper term now. But do not blame the racetrack. The racetrack is phenomenal. Fuck you
0: that's they've all I have to tried, say about that it's the they've car got a
1: lot of different
0: things now I think the the thing that you've got to look at is back in the day you know you, you talk about the classic Bristol I, uh, you know definitely their their the preferences for everybody but I think that now because we just live in a world where there's just so much uh feedback and with social media and the just direct connectness of hearing everyone's thoughts and opinions I think that you're just seeing that this has probably always existed within the fan base. There's probably always been fans that didn't like it this way, did like it that way. You've just never really been able to hear it. You've never really been able to, to, to hear about it all. Because everything was kind of under one roof. You know, you had your race, then you had your post race show, and it was all discussed there. And it was that was the opinion, that was the thought, unless you like had a hotline you know and that you would call in those shows existed for so long kind of like the report now by the way channel
1: Dave yeah. Spain was awesome
0: yeah yeah exactly so i think the thing about it is is like that that's always probably existed there's always been people that just complain you just never it was never as on blast as it is now so that's just people are people everybody's going to have different opinions and different things about it but it's just really about what you enjoy like for me i didn't mind the cup race Uh, but maybe the the truck race was probably similar. I think that it was just more about your personal preferences. Maybe it's not so much about the actual racing. It's just the fact that that was the truck race and there wasn't as much aggression maybe or there wasn't as much carnage because like when I'm thinking truck races half the time, you know, from what we've had over the past few years, when you think truck race, you're thinking caution, 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 crazy finishes, caution. And so you kind of get set up for those things. It
1: doesn't,
0: doesn't always make it like the the way you're supposed to enjoy that race. But it's just how everyone receives it. It's how everyone receives it personally.
1: Yeah. And, and the truck race to me was good because you got the great finish without all the dipshit chaos that doesn't happen all the time. But like you said, people are kind of used to that because it's like it's not ARCA, but it's it's. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's chaotic sometimes. So for me, that it was a win win on trucks, win win on Xfinity, Cup. I also thought the race was good because the racetrack is good. And you know, I just I, I complain. I've gotten to this point where I, I bitch too much about the the arrow problems, but I do think it's insane. You know, and we can we'll go back to Martinsville. We'll have the same problem. Race it's just insane. Road. It's just insane that. At tracks this small you have this bad of a dirty air problem. I just can't believe we created that. I cannot believe the smart people that are 10 million times smarter than us uh, when it comes to just mechanics and aero have built this car that when you're going 80 miles per hour you're impacted by dirty air. It's unbelievable. It's fucking insane. And I, I don't Oh, I think it, it, it drives me crazy. Itself. It can manifest itself maybe
0: because like, I don't think that's ever the intention of people, right? Everybody always wants to create a good product. Like, no, it's not the intention, people. but it's, it's, yeah. it, it's embarrassing.
1: It, it's embarrassing,
0: man. How it how shook we... out, But it's like the imperfections. I, f- I feel like as we g- grow into the future, safety gets easier and easier Uh, innovation through technology gets easier and easier and that kind of starts to cancel out maybe some of the imperfections that were there that allowed some of that amazing stuff that we saw earlier on in our lives and i think the the more you go and the, the 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 easier it gets for the car to be perfect how it is from paper to product and maybe that could be a reason why uh you know the racing is the way it is just the cars are too good maybe um you know but the tire issue was not a good thing whatsoever that was not good but they they're figuring it out with the air pressures it's it's about you know trying to figure out how that pressure correlates to this car not so much the older cars or how things have always been done there's so many little minor technical details that could leapfrog you ahead of other cars even if you don't have you know the equipment's pretty much the same across the board so there's a lot of tweaking going on the last two years and not meth tweaking like in the hills of Tennessee but you know actual scientific tweaking so yeah
1: I th- the tires just it's it's a wider because the tires is, is so wide because it's a low profile tire is is what the struggle is there with creating a tire that doesn't pop mm-hmm. all the time and and also having fall off too and right now it seem throughout 2023 we've almost solved one of those issues but we've not been able and not we Goodyear don't bring Tony Stewart in here but God. Goodyear has not been able to de- develop a tire that has any fall off but basically anywhere we've gone so that's if the tires don't explode like time bombs because of the air pressure deals whatever then That's our focus is building a tire with fall off and really didn't have it much at Bristol and haven't had it much anywhere throughout all of 2023. So, yeah, I mean, the tires, I I just, you know, I just we we just got to make some change. This car, like I have so much hope for this car if if everybody in NASCAR will just swallow their pride and admit that it is a problem instead of just saying, Oh no, stages are a problem state. We bring stages back. Everything's great. No, no, no. Our stage breaks, I should say like specifically with the road courses, but not worrying about those things instead of worrying about the one thing that will make the racing better everywhere, which is fixing the arrow issues on the race car. And our people are too smart to not be able to do that. I think, but I, I that's, that's where I'm going to end that. I don't, I don't want to talk about the negatives with the race car because I feel like I think about it all the time and it's frustrating. But all in all, the racing was good this weekend. It was very good.
0: Yeah, um, one driver it wasn't super good for and it wasn't really a product of the racing it's just more of a product of the way that the year has been for them and it sucked to watch I, I feel like that's notable to talk about was Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers had one of their worst performances they've ever had at this racetrack and it was pain dude harvick was one of the first bets that i believe that i took i'm pretty sure that you i don't know if you bet it or not but i know on the podcast you yeah, said I did like that when you wanted to roll that way okay good deal um so you know you and i were both had an interest in him uh, uh in this race and it's uh it, it really just is a testament to how tough it is over the years to stay consistent stay good and and how many ups and downs that there really are it's almost like, you know, we, we should have kind of seen the writing on the wall. I feel like you want to believe that things are going to be good. You want to believe that that good things will happen to someone. in in you know, in what's supposed to be one of their biggest years, memorial year of, of them before they leave. And, and that's not always the case. It doesn't always have a storybook ending. It doesn't always shake out that way. And I think it was a really humbling moment and it was just a really big reminder to everyone because there's so many k fans out there and and i saw a lot of them online this weekend but they just could not get it together and and i just did not expect it to fall apart as bad as it did but man it just he could not catch a break out there and um and it's tough to see he's not going to be moving forward and and i think it's important to talk about the guys that were eliminated uh before we move on to odds for texas um you know so we had harvick out we've got joey logano out who wrecked out was out of his car earlier in the week i think that's one driver maybe maybe you did too but i know i predicted him to be out in this round yeah i did okay so he's one we both had there did not have k harv though that that was more of just on my my hope my faith um ricky i know you had ricky out i wanted to hope and faith Uh, my way into him pushing through. So he's out. And then Michael McDowell, which of course, I think we both knew was gone. So it, uh, it, it's, it was tough, man. It was a tough elimination round, but uh, you know, it's, it's here and it happened. And now we move forward in. So what do you make of like, were you, I mean, there's
1: really no surprises here, right? Were you surprised by, by Harvick? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I watched riding Childers have an interview with somebody. uh, Maybe it was Front Stretch uh, after the race and how stunned he was about the whole deal because they're really good at Bristol. They have been great at Bristol over the years, and they weren't just off. I mean, they got lapped five times. That's insane. And that's not something you see happen to Kevin Harvick often anywhere with a clean race car. Getting lapped five times? I mean, he was literally a, a potato the whole night, and uh, on the other side, I think Harvick just didn't really have a shot at the championship because they just haven't, they just hadn't been consistent enough in the summer stretch leading up to where we were at Bristol. So, um, I just kind of whatever about. I mean, it's sad because Harvick's my favorite driver in the sport that's left so it's sad sad to see it happen that way because i mean they only missed it by like four points if they had run like 20th they would have been in after logano crashed so i mean if they were just bad not horrible they get in and they make it to the next round but ultimately they didn't win a race in the regular season they should have won phoenix but shoulda coulda woulda we don't base life we don't base we don't base performance, but off of coulda, shoulda, wouldas. Remember that. That's- and at the end of the day, they just didn't do enough to be a legitimate factor in this championship, right, in this championship chase. So um, I hate it, but, you know, I think even if they did make it to the next round, I, I just don't, I just didn't see them having a shot to even make the final four, considering where they've been at over the past 10 to 12 weeks. But, yeah, yeah it sucks hate it everybody wants that swan song championship and it's just just not something i think that's ever gonna happen ever it's just too difficult
0: yeah you would have to basically just have the power of god and and you know unfortunately you know we thought rodney Childers was talking to him uh i don't even know where or why that got made up i know half the shit that i say sometimes just comes out of the fucking thin air but uh but that it was always it was a very fun thing to say i'd like to say it one more time before the end of the year when harv's rolling into victory lane i'd like to have that moment but if i don't it's okay and we'll move on and we'll figure out something new everything's constantly changing nothing's permanent i think it's a great reminder of that in life not just in nascar but in life in general so it's good to uh it's good to, to embrace it the way that it is. And I think Harvick's, you know, on that exit interview that I saw him with Claire B. Lang coming off of the pits where Ryan Blaney shoved Bob Pocker's inexplicably. <laughs> he said he applied. What? I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah. So there's this, uh, there's a video where Harvick's getting interviewed by Claire, Claire B. Lang of XM Radio, and they're walking. And then in the background, you see Bob just trying to run and keep up so that he can get the statement. And then you just see Blaney turn around and just shove the piss out of Bob, dude. Just whoo, and Bob's just like, uh, <laughs> like he just kind of flips, and then he gets back at it, and he's looking back, and he's like trying to see who that was that shoved him. Well, apparently somebody saw that video. It's it's on. If you go to SiriusXM's Instagram and just look for the look for the video with um with Harvick walking with Claire B. And just don't pay attention to Harvick and Claire B. Just look in the background. You'll see it happen. So Blaney actually quote tweeted um, and was like, I talked to Bob. He apologized and all that. Da, da. But somebody had just saw that happen in the background. And then they like made that the story on Twitter. I'm going to talk about it on the Garage Guys report, which will be out on the new Garage Guys YouTube this week. So we'll have some more stuff. There's a lot of news that was unpacked over the weekend. I'll have a lot of stories on there that, uh, that won't be on this podcast. it will be fun though. But, um, but yeah, that was a, uh, it was a pretty funny video and, uh, and I saw that. So, but yeah, he was just talking about like, he just like Harvick was just, you know, it is what it is. We suck. We've been hit or miss all year. That's what he was saying. You know, we've been hit or miss all year. It's just how it goes. And, uh, you know, we, we don't deserve to be in the playoffs being the way that we are. And for him to have that kind of mentality and that kind of, uh, feeling about it, like it just gives me so much more respect because like he knows like what he what what he needs to be doing to be where he needs to be, so I think that that's a, an important thing with Harvick. That Harvick's always kind of been that way though. You know he calls it like he sees it,
1: and um, so it's a to it's a, it's a sad but sad but true I guess. I have to say I went three for four on my first four out. I'm pretty proud of that, but the other one. The one miss was a big miss. I had Tyler Reddick and he, he fucking lit it up the first round. So but yeah, I had McDowell, Logano. I and look, I've been I've been on the Logano thing all year. And after I talked one of my serious XM deals talking with Danielle Trotta, she thought I was insane for suggesting that Logano was gonna have a championship hangover. And the under three and a half wins was a lock of the century, which it's it not a lock yet. He's got one win. There's still eight races to go or seven races to go. But the championship hangover is one of the most consistent statistical breakdowns in NASCAR. I mean, it is more consistent than just about anything. I mean, you got to go back to Jimmy Johnson during his five in a row. when When we talk about the last time there wasn't like a legitimate championship hangover. And Joey Logano, prime example. And now he's out first round. So I'm excited, Um, excited to move. This is usually a fun round as long as Texas, Texas is going to be Texas. But um, right after Texas, you get Talladega and then after Talladega, you get Roval. So this is a really, really, really entertaining round in the playoffs, a really tough round to get through. So really excited to move forward. But I did want to bring this up Um, a tough topic, but I did want to give my condolences to Sherry Pollock's entire family. She was a huge advocate in fighting cancer, not just herself, because she, she's she been fighting cancer for, it seems like, a really, really long time before she passed uh, this, this past weekend. Um, but inspiring hope in others through the, the foundations and, and the big catwalk thing that they do. Um, just a really, really sad deal uh, with Sherry, and I just wanted to bring that up because she was a – A big inspiration for for a lot of people including my friend my friend Vicky who passed away from cancer last year I know I think her family uh was was impacted by Sherry as well so really really sad news and just wanted to make sure I brought that up at some point
0: yeah absolutely I think that that was uh Definitely a given. Definitely had to talk about that. I know the world's talking about it right now. So it's uh, especially just from like you said, just all the things that she went out and did. Like she had so many things going on. Like just was a gigantic name uh in that world and and helping others and inspiring others. So it, it, she's gonna be missed for sure. It's uh, and it's always tough to to see those kind of battles lost. So uh, we feel for them and the fam
1: for sure. And then I'm sure you saw the, uh, uh, I hate this because I am a Danica Patrick fan. I know you, I'm sure you saw the the Danica. I, I had conversations
0: deal. with people because I
1: mean, me, myself this past
0: weekend, I mean, I learned a lot from, you know, talking about things. Like I, I know that Max Pappas had tweeted about it and, uh, I had quote tweeted Max's tweet like when it happened and, and mentioned something, then he deleted it. And it was a like there was like a lot of like on and off with it, because for me, it was like, I definitely like to respect the the boundary of like the family comes out and makes the announcement like that's like a traditional way for, you know, someone to announce death. And at that moment, I had no clue the family had not announced it. You know, it's just we're limited to our timeline and what we have. And uh, and so when I realized, like I had some people in the comments hit me about it after Max had deleted his tweet or whatever. And um, and so then I went and, and just made a post saying that I deleted it or whatever. But, yeah, the Danica thing uh, that was it was a little off. And I had I had some conversations with some people that were writers and did some stuff in the media about it, just kind of getting. You know, my they, they like. I had one guy hit me up and asked me kind of like my two cents on it And the way that I put it. And I'll share it for everybody else, too. We live in, in such a, a time where there is gigantic disconnect. You're not going to make everybody happy with what you say or how you say it. There's definitely uh, a time and a place for for things. And I think Danica just really had a gigantic disconnect for what she said ab- about it, like m- from a moral standpoint. You know there's it's just something you don't i just don't think she was really thinking at the time regardless how you feel about one person doesn't affect you know like that that the thing that the topic of discussion actually happened like she it was more it was more like personal she made it more about her i think because like she literally put in that story where she said uh you know i've never liked him like that's not a a good way to start off something like that when somebody that is so well known and profound did so much passes that's supposed to be your friend so she just kind of made it more of like an attack on him when i think that that really distracted from what the topic at hand was and it was the fact that you know there's a grieving family and that we we lost you know that, that the world lost somebody like that so I don't know there, there's there's so many ifs ands and buts about it it's just my my in final statement about all of it is that you never really know unless you know the person and we can all just speculate however we want to and then that's probably why we are where we are in the world today because everybody only sees it through their perception so I don't know. I'm always not as quick to judge things, but at the same time, it's just you got to understand and respect the
1: tradition of
0: just death. Death is hard. Death. Is yeah.
1: Hard. I just think we're so. Social media, the way I see it, and I think for the most part, you're the same way, too. Um, I, I and you know, this content, if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok and you follow us on on all these platforms like it's supposed to be fun. I've always looked at social media wanting to be a fun experience for people. And we're so brainwashed by thinking like that social media is real life mm-hmm. and it really isn't. And, you know, she makes this point that a PR rep wrote this, you know, because Truex is, you know, that statement is very, it's very business-like right like it's very it's it, yeah it's I'm, not emotional you know it's not a very emotional it's just a very professional statement oh true X yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah not it, raw I meant to say what Danica was saying was, right right
1: yeah. uh, just going back to the true X statement and dude if social media didn't exist and they put that statement out I mean no one would people would just be like okay and you wouldn't even know like We got to assume that Martin is upset, right? Like, sure, they they had a great history together. Like, it's not Martin Truex's responsibility to get emotional on social media. It's the dumbest fucking thing for anybody to expect Martin, in any statement he does, to be emotional on camera on social media or emotional in writing on social media. That's that's so weird to attack somebody for that, like the way social media is, the way these, any of these, you know, these PR, what are they called, Uh, uh, statements? The yeah, just releases. They're typically not emotional about things like that. They're just not not like. And they're dry to protect,
0: like, uprising. They're, 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 they're supposed to they're, – they're that way so that it's just flat. And that's the thing with social media now, like a lot of people have realized, especially celebrities or, or, or athletes, whatever, Like there's this formula of just flat. That way there can be no pushback or, or limits the pushback of things or whatever else. But I, I really like what you said because it makes sense. The expectation part, right, because if you want to get deep, in life like like it's ridiculous to have expectations period of anyone like you you shouldn't have expectations of others or anything else around you and like that's how i believe and that's the way i look at it but see that's just my perception at the end of the day that's just the way that i feel about it so it's just realizing that we're all different we all have things going on differently and we're it's like we're all trying to to push everybody's like ideology into this funnel and we're all supposed to have it this way like it's it's just not that's just not how life is that's not yeah how
1: it is it's just if social media didn't exist like no one would i mean first of all most people would pro- probably wouldn't even know that or, or see that statement made by martin truex it'd be on you know let's just rewind 20 years it'd be on speed channel or whatever espn and, and people would just be like yeah got it but with social media it's like people are expecting you to upload your full life on everything you do, especially when you're a celebrity or an athlete, and that's just not real life. So, like, Danica's implying an expectation of Martin's full emotional breakdown of how he felt when Sherry passed away should be on social media. That's what I get off of that Danica 100%. Patrick reply. And it's, it's just – embarrassing that she would do that it really is and like i agree with you too like kind of making it about herself like i never liked him like who gives a fuck it has nothing to do with that and it's just a oh it's just very very bitter and i hate it so much because i i've always been a danica fan um and a danica you know just really really like danica and i just social media is not real life people it's not it's not so many people use it for those expectations. So many people use it for viewing nothing but negative content and neg- and especially when it comes to politics um, and bad news, just use it for fun if you can. And even we get like, this is a negative thing and we're talking about it. You know, there's negative things that we, we talk about it's in, in the motorsports realm and there, yeah, it's necessary, but, and unfortunately this is the world we live in but for the most part guys it's just social media is not real life and you should not have any expectations of anyone and no one should have expectations for you on how you personalize it and i hate that danica went that route yeah you'll be a lot happier
0: when you when you get rid of expectations i'll tell you that much but it's uh, yeah, it's just it's a tough thing. But I think that the thing to, that really matters, like when you look at it, and I think we talked about this maybe like a week ago or two weeks ago. It really is real life for some people. There are people out there that like that is their real like they they look at that like real life. And if that's the way you do that, like I hate that for you. But I mean, like that's your journey and you're going to have to figure that shit out, you know, because because sometimes we can be told something multiple times, but we're just not ready to do, make that change. You know, it, it's just that's the human experience. It's the growth experience. And we've got all these things thrown at us while we're here. And so it's like, you know, everybody's got to try to figure their own way out and navigate through their journey. And there's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of roller coasters. But the main thing and that, that shouldn't be taken away from here is that uh, it's, you know, very important person uh, that, that did a lot for a lot of people uh, is gone and uh, and she, she'll be missed by a ton. And, uh, and wherever she is, whatever she's doing, I hope she's flying high out there somewhere. Um, you know, however that may be, whatever you believe and whatever you look at, but um, yeah, not enough, enough of that. Uh, but it's, it's definitely good to have these conversations. I think that having the open form, and that's why I love podcasts. That's why I love doing what we do. Cause we get to really just kind of dive into these things and we really get to get it all out because there's you have such a short window to explain things on social media and like it's text and then people don't really hear the like they can't really hear your voice you can't really get emotion that's why i am the way i am with phone calls i know between you and i you know and like with everybody that knows me everybody knows that like they'll see chase calling they're like oh shit, this might be an hour but it's like you get you really get to understand where a person's coming from when you're communicating in this kind of way audio and and speaking and hearing and understanding tonality all that stuff is so important and you don't have that on social media with text so um it's uh unless you do video but it's uh yeah it's just a it's just a weird thing
1: man i don't know yeah, God bless yeah it's, it's a tough topic but you know yeah can't forget this is this isn't about martin shouldn't be about Danica. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's about Sherry Pollock and her entire family and friends. And rest in peace. Um, Texas, though. Let's talk bets. Let's talk some bets. Let's get some positivity back out
0: there. First thing that I want to mention is the fact that Texas has become so dry that we can't even get a new name for the race. They just throw Auto Trader in front of it. Uh actually it said Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix for the Texas race and now it's Auto Trader. I think it's always been Auto Trader. I think I just miss an app got something wrong. Okay. That whole entire point doesn't even matter. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive uh 400 or whatever I think they're calling it now. It's an intermediate track. I know it's Texas. A lot of people are, you know, shitting on Texas, hate on Texas, whatever. It's an intermediate track. I'm excited about it. Uh, I know that this is a race where we saw Brad Kay get the pole last year. Uh, RFK is definitely going to be one to watch this year. I, I'm excited to see what can happen with that. But odds have dropped on DraftKings, BetRivers, Rivers, and Caesars thus far. I've already logged in outright um, based off of some statistics, based off of where we're sitting, and we haven't seen this fellow win earlier uh or we haven't seen him get a win here uh in in a bit it's been a while but i guess we'll just start off with the basics let's let's start off with the favorites across the board so i think it's a no-brainer to know that uh kyle larson and denny hamlin are leading the top i think the best odds you're going to get on both of these guys are going to be at bet rivers right now you got kyle larson at five to one denny hamlin at six to one um, and they're at like four and a half uh on DraftKings and I think they're four and a half and five to one on Caesars. So that's your two front runners in this race. And then it all kind of changes up a little bit throughout uh as we go. But just to say the one guy that I've already got my eye on, and he's moved a little bit on Caesars. Um he was the shortest on Bet Rivers, and I think right now on DraftKings. Uh, He's actually went from 15 to one to 12 to one since we've been recording is Ryan Blaney. Um, As soon as I can log in on Action Network, I will. But I've already pulled the trigger on Ryan Blaney at 15 to one is what he opened up on Caesars. You can still grab him 14 to one right now on Caesars. Hopefully you'll be able to get that if you do want to ride that wave. But I like what we I like what the stats show us here at this track. You know, he uh, he won here. In May of 2022, I think that was the All-Star race, Um, and and that's really the only win he had. He finished here fourth last year with all the tire problems, and I think if we don't see those tire issues, Penske knows now that with Joey out of the way, this is their bullet. Ryan Blaney is their their one-shot wonder. He's their guy, and he won at Charlotte. If he's going to find a way to break through, get to this round of eight, He's got to get a win here, and I think that this track is going to be his best shot, if not Talladega. Talladega's kind of a toss-up, but as far as the the, the normal scheduled races of, like, what to expect usually coming through, I think this is the weekend for the man. So I've uh, that's that gut feeling, and that's also backed on some statistical data. So
1: I like that one. I'm with you on Blaney. I think... Yeah, with with Logano out, Cindric is, you know, just not his awful year for those guys, and they've been experimenting with his with his crew chief and trying to get speed in that race car, trying to get confidence in the driver. You throw out Cindric and Logano, and yeah, it's Blaney, it's Blaney or nothing in 2023. And Ryan Blaney has been the head honcho in the Ford camp when it comes to overall speed at not just mile and a half, but kind of everywhere. And mile and a half in particular have been great. But Ryan Blaney, all the way back, let's go all the way back to 2017, fall of 2017, he has finished in the top 10 at every single Texas race except for one. And, yeah, the all-star race, he won that in 2022. But when you look at Ryan Blaney's statistics and how many laps he's led, he's led a lot of laps here. A lot of laps. Uh, finished fourth here, as you said, last fall. A lot of top fives mixed in there. I mean, overall, when you look at the data, you're looking at, I think, eight top tens in his last nine starts, including the all-star race. So, I mean, or, or I think it's nine for ten. Hold on. I'm just going to count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Including the all-star race. Ryan Blaney, ten for eleven. On top tens at Texas dating back to 2017. That's really, really consistent. That's really solid. It's been a great track for him that he hasn't gotten a regular season win out. But remember what he did at Charlotte? He won the Coke 600. He's had mile and a half speed at some other places. So yeah, I, I like Ryan Blaney as an early bet. Uh, the best I can get in Chase, you kind of mentioned this is lines of move, but Caesars has Blaney at 14 to 1. I think that is worth it. Uh, for this guy, I think he's going to be fast on Sunday, but Ross Chastain is a guy I'm looking at. When is the speed going to come back? You know, I'm going to brag on myself. You know, look, Sunday did not go well in betting, um, but I did go positive on the weekend. It was the weirdest weekend ever on, on my units. I went plus like 0. 0.45 units, 45 bucks on trucks minus 0. 0.45 or minus 0. 0.65 on xfinity plus 0. 0.45 on cup or something like that and we ended up positive weirdest weekend ever for how my units allocated like and that's basically
0: out from trucks to Cup. yes
1: right? yeah. it was a, and cup itself between qualifying hitting christopher bell again uh hitting christopher bell stage two and then Everything else flopping on Sunday was like it was either like plus point four or minus point four. It was ridiculous. I just have
0: to say and, this, and I think you'll agree with me. Nobody works work is working polls harder than Christopher Bell in two thousand twenty three. and he's man, sleeping. he's where I've been told to pause a lot on that one on social media. Very fun, very fun. I've also had to Google what that meant, so I know now, and uh, and it's pretty funny. Working so, the polls like a stripper, like that's the yeah, problem. People yeah, are upset that about was, that. That was the, no, like, have you heard of the term major pause or like pause? No. It's like if somebody says something that is, that that could remotely be homosexual, I guess, is the, is the correct way to say that, that it's the urban dictionary definition of it. So I was like, ah, I see. Okay. It's like this internet thing that people are saying. So I'm like, uh, okay, Interesting. I get where you're coming from. I'm like, that's okay. It's like I'm not because it's part of the joke is that he's working a stripper pole because it's pole. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah. Very I funny. I think it's funny too. Who cares? Um. Well, I guess some people do, but who cares about the people that care? Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I meant to say. So yeah, I like Ryan Blaney. Uh, but yeah, I had to go back on the just talking about that for a second. I guess we didn't. Christopher Bell was a heartbreak overall because he led all those laps and one bad pit stop, he lost his track position. Arrow hard to pass very mean passed for the lead. Denny got better. Blah, 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 blah. Now we're at Texas. Arrow will be bad, but not as bad because we're at a mile and a half where the car has been better. I think you also got to look at Ross Chastain. Um, what I was going to brag on myself about before we got distracted there was at the beginning of the year, I said track house is going to have some serious progression. We go to Fontana and, and Ross Chastain is dominant out the gate and people are flooding my mentions like, "What an idiot!" Trackhouse is going to be amazing. Well, let's let's just look real quick. Daniel Suarez hasn't won a year, a race this year. Didn't make the playoffs. And in 2022, Ross Chastain had two wins, 15 top fives, and 21 top tens. This year, he's got one win, seven top fives, and 10 top tens with only seven races to go. So yes, there is going to be regression on his overall performance. But I'm just so curious about this mile-and-a-half deal with these guys. They were amazing at Fontana, which I know isn't a a mile-and-a-half, but it is an intermediate and can be used as a similar data sample. They were really good at Kansas Spring, really good at Kansas Spring, ran top five, and then top ten at Michigan weren't great. They were okay. Not good at Kansas in the fall, just didn't have it at all whatsoever. Now we're at Texas, and – He's 22 to one. He's 22 to one. A guy that's had winning mile and a half speed. If you want to throw Nashville in there, go ahead. If you want to throw Darlington in there, go ahead. They're both a little over a mile, but just very different in the track surface and the track type compared to a more basic mile and a half, like a Charlotte or Texas or Kansas. I just got to keep riding my guy Ross. I didn't bet him last week. I bet him at Darlington. They had a bad day and still got a top five when they figured it out as the the night change, but 22 to 1 for a guy that has had the glimpses of superior speed at mile and a half with track house racing. I remember the all star race here last year. I think he was running up in the top three or the top five when that crazy wreck happened when Kyle Bush blew a tire and-, and Chastain went airborne, collected Chase Elliott. I don't know if you remember that or not. I think that was the all star race, but. My point is I there was a time where they had speed here and they were a contender. I gotta think with where they're at. Justin Marks has gotta have something up his sleeve. Gotta put the nitrous back in the race car. It's a perfect weekend to do it. Give me Ross Chastain twenty-two to one. I will lock that in.
0: Okay. Well, we got that. The twenty-two to one. I don't I don't mind what you're saying right there. And I mean he's like he's down there on the bubble, man. He's gonna have to make something happen here soon. Uh, We know he has won a race at Talladega, and that's kind of an open-ended possibility for everyone. I know you're more than likely going to be all over Brad Kay for Dega. I probably will be too at this point, especially if he doesn't get a win uh, here this weekend. I just cannot force myself, I guess, to – I guess Bet Rivers has him at good odds for Brad Kay, right? Like He got the pole here. He's had a decent record here. Um, he's sixteen to one. It, I swear he opened it like eight to one on on Caesars, and then now he's dropped. Like he's gotten longer. He's eleven to one on Caesars. Uh, he is. I think the best odds though right now are the sixteen to one on DraftKings for him for Brad Kozlowski. So, but yeah, it was weird. He opened it like eight to one, I think, and I, I, maybe that was a mistake. But um you know he that's just some of the guys that are on the bubble chastain's down there you got brad k uh ryan blaney as we've already talked about we're really just kind of like sprinkling those bets on those guys and then of course you have Bubba wallace i don't really know if this is going to be a race bubba can can execute and win at i'm sure he could uh you know some of these other mile and a half i mean i know what he's done in the 45 car at kansas so it's uh you know that that's that's there i guess that you could go off of but I think Bubba will probably just have a better run. I don't see him having the worst luck uh, as he's had, you know, with some of these issues, but it's just great to see him be able to get in there, you know, by the skin of his teeth. Another driver that I want to look at that's uh, sitting sixth in the playoffs right now. Um, so he's got some cushion inside, not much, but a little bit inside of uh, to progress to the next round is, uh, is Kyle Bush. We saw this eight car win at texas last year a masterful performance they were able to really uh put together um you know good pitch strategy they were able to get the tire pressures correct and tyler reddick was able to run his race down i know that tyler i think he actually had a flat early in that race he did they just didn't crash they minimized. yeah they minimized their uh their, their damage to the car and he was able to finish it out because everybody and their mom's tires were exploding. And I think we all went into that race knowing what we were going to get. Um, but, you know, it it definitely makes you think, right? Like Kyle Busch, I think he finished inside the top 10 at Kansas. Um, you know, he won at Auto Club earlier in the year. And now we're here at Texas again. He's been kind of quiet. He hasn't been that happy. They haven't had the best momentum. And it makes you wonder, like – could he sneak up out of nowhere? Yeah, more than likely. Will I bet on him? I feel like I should. I feel like I need to. Um, I don't think his odds are going to get much better. He's 12 to 1 on DraftKings. When you look at him over on Bet Rivers, he's sitting at 12 to 1. And then he is a, uh, a beautiful 12 to 1 on Caesar. So he's flat across the board right now. And... I think that maybe it's it's hard for me to tell if it's just a recency bias thing because the eight car did win and because he is Kyle Busch. But, you know, the fact that he did finish inside, that that he's still showing he can finish inside of the top ten at these races is a decent indicator for me. And uh, you, you just you want to kind of believe that it can come through. And then remember the year that he – like didn't win at all, and we thought he was gonna go winless, and then he had that zombie, or it
1: was the uh, the skittles. Yeah, party. it was like the black and gray skittles or M yeah. and M's. Yeah, it's out of won. the
0: playoffs, and then he came through at Texas, and he got that win in. Remember, I talked about it last week, guys. I was saying with Denny Hamlin, narrative wise, storybook wise, it made sense to me, and I know that you were like, I don't really know how it makes sense, but it made sense to me. I didn't really know. I trusted it. I think I feel the same way with Kyle Busch this year, this weekend. So I'm going to bet on Kyle Busch. Um, that'll be my other outright. So I'm taking two outrights early. And, um, and, and I think I'm, I'm going in with Kyle Busch. I think that it feels right. It just feels right this weekend.
1: I think I'm going to bet on Kevin Harvick. Okay. Um, I really like what Ford started doing on the mile and a half on the intermediates as the season progressed. They just got better and better and better, and they weren't great at Kansas is my big concern. They they weren't great at Kansas, which is the last mile and a half we went on, um, but everybody's going to be giving up on Kevin Harvick. This is the week. Everybody's done with them. Everybody's sad. They're like They're out. <clears throat> great voice crack. They don't have the speed, and then they're going to come out here and a track that Harvick historically has been great at. I think they're going to have a shot. I, th- I really believe they, you know, the RFK guys have, have had the best speed other than Ryan Blaney when it comes to similar track types. But I just have this feeling, you know, Harvick sitting at 28 to 1, 35 to 1 on DraftKings. Yeah, I think at that price. Now, if he was priced in the, you know, maybe 25 to one or lower, or I guess higher in this case, more on the more expensive side, I don't know if I would do it. But seeing Harvick at 35 to one on the track with great, he has a great history on. There's nothing to lose for this team. We're all wanting Harvick to get that win, except everybody's given up on him, except for me. And I'm going to bet on Kevin Harvick, 35 to 1. Small play, very small play, to go with Blaney and Chastain. And that's all I got. That's all I got. I think um it's kind of a juju play on Kevin Harvick. It is a little bit of a juju play. But I like this. You got it's you gotta say that a permanent fixture on this show. You and I should each have a juju
0: play every week. And we should we should address it. We should let it be known so that we can avoid having issues like last week that happened i don't want it to happen
1: again dale well i don't want to lose money and i already have lost. i'm already you can do that you can do that without
0: juju bets
1: you can lose money without them yeah but you add you you just potentially add to it and i'm overall throughout the year in all three series i'm positive on cup but i'm negative on x dude xfinity is like embarrassingly i can't believe how 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 bad I've been in Xfinity this year. I mean, so bad. But anyway, I'm positive on Cup, negative on the other two, and I'm about 20 units in the hole on the final stretch here, with with seven races to go, or I guess, yeah. mile trucks and Xfinity, 12 to 15 races to go. So we really got to get back in the green here, especially with football season here to drain my bank account. Mm. But my point here is, I don't want you know, I do the juju bets sometimes. Don't want a lot of them because typically they just don't fucking work. And, and Kevin Harvick, he might be out. He might go out here and lay another, another potato down like he did at Bristol. So, um, I just like the price at 35 to one, uh, when, when you look at how much Ford has improved with a new tire compound and, and the potential for tire explosions, you could get somebody that do, that doesn't have the best car win this race. And if they're there. Kind of like Tyler Reddick was last year. He was there. He hung around, survived, got the win. Maybe we can expect something like that happening this year. And it might be a Ford, a middle of the pack Ford, like a Harvick, or I don't know. Yeah, we'll Eric f- Amarola. Eric Amarola. God, uh, just kidding. Don't bet that. <laughs> All right. Well, look
0: that—that's what we've got so far today. Uh, you can make sure to follow us on Action Network so that you never miss our NASCAR Cup Series bets. Um, so do that. If you want to see more bets for the Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, you need to be watching Dale Center on Garage Guys Betting YouTube, which is our OG YouTube page that we've had. We have just recently split the YouTube pages, uh, trying something new. Uh, you never know until you try. That's the way I like to look at it. So we're trying out some new stuff. Uh, There's a new Garage Guys YouTube channel you can check out as well. You can watch the Garage Guys report on that channel. So make sure you subscribe, support the brand, check out the report. Uh, The report should be dropping on playback.tv slash garage guys. We'll have a a premiere screening. It'll definitely be late tonight on Tuesday if you're listening to this. And then uh, the video will be available tomorrow day on the youtube channel to watch at your convenience um so that'll be out there and uh yeah don't miss dale center on thursday make sure you're keeping up with our picks on action network i don't know if i'm gonna do qualifying bets this weekend but uh i'm sure that we'll we'll talk about that on you will on dale
1: center right we'll see i i didn't talk about them last week but i had a card because i was like Christopher Bell. Uh, we had some surprises at Bristol last year with like Almirola and Briscoe on the pole. So I kind of went, I basically went, uh, Ch- uh, Christopher Bell to get the sweep and then some SHR guys as underdogs and it, it worked. But nice. we shall see. Yes. Dale Center Thursday night, uh, going to be a lot of fun. Um, I guess it's kind of tough to follow up Bristol, Texas. This is going to be a fun round. Let's just get through Texas and then we can, we can have some
0: fun. intermediates but are good. Maybe like, it'll surprise us.
1: maybe it'll surprise us so we'll see we'll we'll, we'll have a good weekend
0: yeah for sure all right well that is the show uh let us know what you thought if you're listening to this on spotify and you've made it this far and you're still with us i know that you a real one and we appreciate you there's a new feature on spotify and i want more people to check it out you can ask us questions directly on the spotify app now you can leave comments uh if you want us to to maybe answer some questions on the podcast uh that, that you have you want to hear from dale and i both the Spotify feature is great for that. I've just started making sure to check those weekly. So if you have questions, uh, you know, you have thoughts, concerns, whatever it may be, hit that feature on Spotify. I will be checking and uh, make sure to leave your name, too, and uh, and we'll be able to maybe kind of talk and discuss and bring those things up as we move forward. But uh, thanks so much for listening. You know where to follow us, and we hope you have a fantastic rest of your week until we get to making some more money on NASBETS. Take care. Goodbye. Have a day.